welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the actual physical, literal tiny room. I'm your usual co-host, and I'm actually physically, literally here with my co-host, Benjamin. Benjamin, say hello. Hello, Benjamin. Very good. Uh, welcome back to the tiny room, Ben. Uh, I'm so happy to be back. Yeah. yeah. You'll notice there are some changes. The extensive changes, massive remodeling. It's, it's wonderful. Dermot Bannon is just, he's just jealous he couldn't get in on the ground floor of this one. Ben, I don't know who Dermot Bannon is. That's good, because I didn't know who it was until my mother talked my ear off about how wonderful Room to Improve was on RTE. Oh! Midweek. Dermot Bannon. Otherwise known as Dublin Tosser with Notions goes to country people and tells them what they could do with their space. Um, oh, yeah. it's like, um, like Lawrence, he's the Lawrence he's, Llewellyn Bolan of Ireland. Exactly. He's, he's only ever one... Sentence short of saying, oh, you've got no imagination, darling. Lawrence O'Llewellyn McBowen. <laughs> yep, I'll, I'll take that one. That's, that's pretty damn close. Anyway, enough of that. I'm back in the tiny room. There's lots of books. Um, it's, it's gotten extra nerdy in my absence. I'm fairly certain you've bought about 65,000 extra Transformer figurines. No, not bought. Just unpacked them. Just unpacked them from your mama's attic. Yes. Um, like every... Uh, Irishman in his 30s I'm slowly reclaiming everything that I left in my parents attic when I was an apartment dweller yeah that's fair enough that's fair enough it is just the self storage that free self storage that is what the parents of people in their 20s are for yeah that's what I do possessors of attics I came back from Italy and I got I have all my books again well, my look, little library I have some of your books there you want to take them this isn't my book. No, it's not yours. No, no wonder it's yours. But I have one of your books. Or you have one of my books. Yes. Benjamin. Yes. Remember, we're doing a, a podcast about pop culture, not just catching up like oh, two sorry. guys who haven't seen each <laughs> like other. Two guys who haven't seen each other in a couple of rooms. What's what's going on? So what's uh, what's going on in whatever it is that we talk about on this podcast? Well, we've we've talked about the Merc with the Mouth before on this podcast. Yes. Um, actually, something happened this week to do with the Merc with the Mouth. Um, Rob Leafield made a, made a, a little a little self deprecating joke about himself. Did oh, you, did you see what he? Released? I didn't. Did he say something about feet? No, no. He released a little mini mini sketch mm-hmm. of his latest superhero creation, and he kind of built it up like a big hype thing. And then uh, it's just it's it's a superhero called the Pouch. Oh, very and good. It's just a bunch of pouches. Just lots and of pouches. It actually, it actually softened me a little bit to Rob Leafield. So I, I will, it's okay. I'll just go and read one of his old comics and reaccrue my hatred for him. It's turn him back up. Turn you back off him. Although, although, you know, look, Deadpool 2 trailer looks good. I, I think I'm looking forward to it. Oh, no, is... I'm, I'm really looking forward to Deadpool 2. I was looking forward to another bit of Deadpool news, but it's been cancelled. There was to be an animated series from the good folks over at Fox. Oh, folks for Fox. Fox's sake. Absolutely. Very Written good. by quite the duo, quite the popular duo, Mr. Donald Glover and his brother Stephen. Are they responsible for the TV show Atlanta? They are. Both are. Very good, Michael. Very Thank nice. you. I, I keep good. abreast of things. You do, you do. You just keep breasts. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so they were to ruin... <laughs> Stop that. Stop that. There was a figurine involved in some lewd behaviour there. Um, but yeah, it turns out the network has cancelled it and they gave reasons that Glover was, was too busy to work on the, the script. What's to which he, he became, doing? Atlanta? Atlanta. He's, he's handling Atlanta season two. But he became rather incensed by this and released a series of tweets saying how he wasn't too busy to work on it and they had cancelled the show rather oh, ceremoniously. that was Jean Grey <laughs> falling for the, the mixed voice scared her a little yeah. she had a little tumble for fuck's uh, sake let's be honest it, it's not the first time Jean Grey has died it won't be the last um, but anyway anyway go on um, his brother then released a series of tweets explaining what they would have done with the series mm. um, he quickly deleted them 
classic getting, brother getting wrapped on the knuckles I think by, by Fox mm-hmm. um, and apparently what got it cancelled was Taylor Swift Taylor Swift the singer or the cat the, the singer the cat I, I, as far as I know our Taylor Swift mm-hmm. better Taylor Swift mm-hmm. let's be honest yeah. official um, cat of the podcast official cat of the podcast Taylor Swift mm-hmm. did not have anything to do with the cancellation of the Deadpool anime as far as you series. know as far as I know but she is a crafty one yes oh happy birthday to Taylor Swift the cat official podcast cat yes um, it's her birthday today so she's one then to Taylor yes um, and yeah what happened was uh, there was an episode that took the unceremonious piss out of Miss Miss Swift. Oh really? Um, and the Fox executive said, "Oh, we can't piss off Taylor Swift. She's one of Hollywood's most powerful white women." Oh, and did she get the whole series cancelled? Uh, she didn't do it. She wasn't directly involved. Fox was not willing to insult to Taylor, insult Swift, Taylor fans. Swift. That's weird. Which is very strange, isn't it? She might write a song about them. Yeah, because there was a lot of speculation where people were like, "Oh, maybe they were making Deadpool too black." Because obviously, two black writers. A white character. Obviously, they were going to try and make him super black because you know people always jump straight to race in America. But no, Donald Glover and Stephen Glover have said it wasn't too black. That's a very silly accusation to throw around. Um, it was because of the Taylor Swift episode, and then they did something very sneaky. Yes, uh, they released the script. No, they did. Oh, wow. they released fourteen pages of the scripts of the Taylor Swift of, episode. Of the Taylor Swift episode. Oh well. Uh, and they also released the test animation that Titmouse Animation did for them. So they took some of the dialogue from the Deadpool movie starring Ryan Reynolds. Right. And they made a sequence to animate it to. Right. And showed you kind of the style and the level. And it looked great. Who was to play Deadpool? It looked great. I think it was Ryan Reynolds. No. I think Ryan Reynolds was going to reprise his role and do a little... Because he's done the voice of Deadpool before. In? In Wolverine versus the Hulk, I think. Did he? I think so. I think that was Nolan North. Oh, maybe it was. Okay, never mind. Did you do it in the video game? I think that was Nolan North as well. Okay, Nolan, Nolan North, North. Nolan North has tradition. You know Nolan North. I know who it is. Yeah, he's, he's gaming's most famous voice. Yeah, um, he has traditionally been Deadpool in most things. Oh, Not okay. all things, but most things. Then I could be wrong there, unless they're capitalising on Deadpool's current bloody non-stop roller coaster. I could be wrong as well, Ben, Ooh. for the first time. For the first time ever. I mean, it's unlikely. It's, it's unlikely. Highly unlikely, given how wrong I often am. Anyway. Pin on that one, but yeah, so there's a bit of bit of scandal involving this. Then, um, speaking of uh, Jean Grey taking a tumble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aha! Segway! Um, have you seen the news about um, the bloody Dark Phoenix? The bloody Dark Phoenix, no. That's not what it's called. Um, Dark Phoenix has been pushed back. Oh. Yeah, um, oh. to February 2019. Oh. For potentially extensive reshoots. Oh. And then, as we know, that's always a good thing. Yeah, it's only ever worked out well for things like Justice League or mm. Superman or Batman. No, it hasn't, though. It's usually dreadful. Oh, I, I see. I've, I've just misled the listeners. And the listeners. The thing Here's the thing, though. Is this recording properly? Something looks a bit weird there for a second. No, oh. I think we're okay. Oh. Um, here's the thing. It's been pushed back to February 2019, mm-hmm. which, if you'll remember, undoubtedly, was supposed to be the release date for New Mutants. Oh. So New Mutants has been in turn pushed back further oh. to August 2019. August 2019. Oh. A full, what, 16 months later than its original release date? That's too many months. That's a lot of months, isn't it? Mm. Many, um, many, many months. Like, that is so far in the future. That could be post-official Disney-Fox merger and this thing might never come out. 
Oh, you think Disney's starting to just alienate parts of those franchises? Mm, I don't, don't know. Deal with a fallout here. You, uh, maybe they're saying we want to cast Maisie Williams as Wolfbane in ours, so you can't put her in that drivel. Maybe they're saying Anya Taylor Joy is going to be a great magic. She we'll, does look good. We'll save her for an actual proper Marvel uh, movie. A, a real, Mar- yeah, maybe. I don't know. Ben, I don't know. Is Whoa. what I'm saying. I, I literally don't know. Interesting. I hadn't even thought of that until just now. Interesting. Um, also, Jessica Chastain, or Chastain, if of you Chastain prefer. Chastain fame. Yes. Uh, apparently, is playing Mister Sinister. Oh, or she's been. To be fair, Mister Sinister has been gender swapped. Before. Yeah, Miss Sinister? Uh, yes, I think it was Miss Sinister. Madame Sinister? Both of those sound entirely plausible and very likely. Mistress Sinister? No, I don't think they went that far. But no. she did wear a lot of leather, mm. tight, taut leather, mm. which couldn't be functional, but what looked very we, good in ink. What are we, ta- what are we talking about? Ben, talk right. about... Um, Suicide Squad. Well, as, as we know, Michael, I think, I think Suicide Squad was the saving grace of, of DC's uh, extended universe franchise. No, it wasn't. It said nobody ever. Oh, um, very good. I see. Uh, yeah, old trickster. Um, and, um, <laughs> look at you. Um, and, um, yeah, I think it was awful um, for a number of reasons. Ben, I've rewatched it. Um, it's not awful, it's just not good. I, I, okay, fair enough. Potato, potato. Um, but in in particular, I think the first of all, poor poor Will Smith couldn't save. Um, Jared Leto was shoehorned in there. Um, you know, Margot Robbie was actually pretty decent at what she did. Um, for the crappy dialogue she was given and the weird timing that was given to her. Funny thing, yes. Joel Kinnahan didn't realize. Kinnaman, whatever. Kinnaman is the drug family. Kinnaman, yeah. He's a uh, bloody bloody Takeshi Kovacs in bloody Altered Carbon. Yeah, I just I didn't even cop that. Oh, wow. He's so much better in Altered Carbon. One of Su- Suicide Squad. One of the major reasons I had very little interest in watching Alternate Carbon. It. Ah, but he was much better in Altered Carbon. Much better. Much better. Yeah. Turns out it's the script. It might have been poor writing. Might poor have been. editing. On the subject of poor writing, though. Bloody awful, um, bloody awful plot for uh, a kind of a wet works team, uh, a black ops team. Yeah. Very grand yeah. For, a, for a black ops team. That's and not what you want. No, it wasn't great. That was a Justice League problem. That was a Justice League problem. Not a Suicide Squad problem. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks, Ben. I'm pretty sharp. And I think that's one of the awful things about the Suicide Squad movie. Oddly enough, this week saw Mr. Christian Slater... Uh, lead a voice cast in can, a sequel to one of DC's animated ones. Can we do was, a Christian Slater? It's 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 kind of dip. No, no. I don't think I can. I don't no, think I can off the bat. It's just it's the Slater. problem is that you you gotta hack faster. It's, it's you gotta hack faster. It's getting there. And he plays Deadshot, and I want to see my daughter. He's Deadshot. Yeah, so he's de- he's the voice of Deadshot. Deadshot is white again. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> Another victory for race purity. <laughs> because we've been very hard done by so far in terms of representation. Yes. White straight males. Oh, when are we going to get our chance? Huh? Speak for yours. Oh no, wait. Hold on. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. So uh, this week saw the release of Suicide Squad: Hell to Pay. I haven't seen that. Um, no, you probably haven't. Um, but DC do a wonderful job of their animated movies. They quite often... Eh, I disagree. By comparison to their bloody live-action stuff, I would Whoa. say that it's a bloody... <laughs> <laughs> it's a comparing... 
I don't know, two things that are very different. Yeah, uh, um, comparing bloody, uh, I don't know, I can't think of something not gross. Let's just move on. <laughs> Let's just move on then. Comparing um, this podcast with a professional podcast. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Ours being the better one, yeah, obviously. Take that. Um, <laughs> yeah, what happened was they took a Gail Simone storyline mm-hmm. from, from two different ventures that Gail Simone put together. She did a famous run for DC called Secret Six. Right. And uh, she also read, read, uh, wrote... That's an Enid Blyden book. Loved, it, it, no, that's the Secret Five. Fantastic five. Fantastic five. <laughs> Maybe the Fab Five was a Michael Jackson tribute band. I can't remember. Yeah. Famous, famous five. Famous five. There we go. Secret seven. Uh, secret seven. <laughs> famous five. Uh, all very British. Not the Suicide Squad. Um, but they took a plot of hers. It was really good. It was about them. Amanda Waller takes them completely off the books to run a personal errand for her. Yeah, classic um, Amanda Waller. Classic Amanda Waller. She's actually dying. Um, no spoilers it's revealed right at the start of the movie it's the opening mm-hmm. montage to the, to the movie mm-hmm. and she needs them to get a special card and the card is literally a get out of hell free card oh very good um, and there are lots of different villains from the DC universe all chasing after this mm-hmm. because it turns out several villains are Darn close me. to death or mortality mm-hmm. um, and they all want this card they've all learned of its existence because one guy exposes the existence of the card and they're all racing at the same time and who's on the squad? The squad is, of course, Deadshot. Of course. our leader. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, Harley Quinn. You have to know. Because it's fan service. Um, we have Copperhead. You know who Copperhead is? Of course I know who Copperhead yeah, is. Yeah, sorry. They're Copperhead is a... Pretend that I don't. ...genetically augmented uh, individual uh, who models himself after a venomous snake called the Copperhead Snake. Um, he's extremely flexible he has a bionically grafted prehensile tail mm. um, and venomous spit good um, he's great good good little addition to the squad um, we have Bronze Tiger okay. former CIA operative and general redemption redemption character he was in the Arrow universe he was in the Arrow universe um, and he's very good in this one too he's great very righteous he's a Christian They've taken some liberties with some of the characters. I thought he was Christian. Maybe I'm misremembering things. I could be. I could be wrong. Um, some of the iterations I read, he was never Christian. Okay. He's Buddhist because he Makes trained sense. so yeah, much time doing a lot of his stuff. Um, it's him, him, and then who else? Killer Frost. Killer oh, Frost is on the squad. She's she's back in. Um, not the Caitlin Snow version, a different version. Um, but anyway, anyway, they go up against Zoom, uh, Banshee, and Blockbuster. Silver Banshee. Uh, Silver Banshee, yeah, because Banshee is Sean. Sorry, Sean, no, Sean Cassidy. Cassidy, but she's Irish as well. Silver Banshee is Irish as Siobhan well. Siobhan O'Rourke, Siobhan O'Rourke, good man. Look at you, look at you, Steel Trap, Steel Daddy. Trap. Um, but uh, and then the other faction going after that is Vandal Savage. Oh, he's an old um, prick, isn't he? He's an old prick. Um, and it's a, it's it's great because it's really low key. It's small skirmishes in remote locations. And it makes a lot of sense for the Suicide Squad. The voice cast is great. And it's people who barely have powers. Barely have powers. And everyone's matched up nice and solid. Mm. It's great. Mm. It's a sequel, a direct sequel to the original uh, Suicide Squad one, Assault on Armour. Oh, I forgot about Captain Boomerang. Oh, Captain Boomerang. Oh, Boomer. Although he was pretty good in the movie, wasn't he? he? He was the best part of the movie. He should have had way more screen time. On the movie. He was so good that Deadpool stole his unicorn bit and put it in his movie. 
Deadpool has a unicorn he carries around with him, much like Captain Boomerang has a unicorn he carries around. In this movie? No, no, in... Oh, Deadpool. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. A weird coincidence between the two One of those weird, yeah. But he was great in that. Um, But it's a very good movie. I recommend that you check it out. Don't have very high hopes for it. Okay. It's it's standardised animation, so it's not going to wow you there. Sure. But in terms of... it's, It's a shitload better than any Justice League movies and if you need a DC fix with a little bit of decent voice acting off you go and take a look at that uh, how's Christian Slater Christian Slater is great Christian great. Slater I'm on the team Waller because you put me on the team let's get in there yeah yeah I'll, I'll, I'll work it out by the end if I had him next to me right now Christian Slater we'd have ourselves a Christian Slater off but what would Christian Slater and, and Taylor Swift in the room oh um, Ben I've seen Ready Player One oh. or as my lady friend calls it Ready, steady, play. Ready, steady, play, which is actually the adult parody version of it that's uh, being released by Pornhub next week. I thought it sounded more like um, Ready, Steady, Cook, or the classic BBC show, Can't Cook, Won't Cook. (laughs) Ainsley Haggett. Ben, it's a surprisingly good film. Oh, good. Yeah, it's well worth rolling your eyeballs over. Okay, Um, go have a look. The the nostalgia element of it and the call-outing element of it is a bit on the nose. And someone does say... Without irony, a fanboy recognises a hater. Uh, that's definitely the low point. Oh. But um, you can kind of ignore the references. <laughs> okay. And it's a fine film. It's a fine film. It's very Spielbergian, Goonies, looking for clues on Children an adventure. Children a secret wonder that lets them navigate the world far better than a cynical adult. That yeah. Kind of thing. It's kind of, well, there are no kids in it. They're all young adults. Young um, adults have a secret wonder that lets them <laughs> navigate the world far better than a cynical adult. But it's, it's well worth watching. And there's a spectacular sequence in the middle uh, which references a, a classic film, which I'm not going to spoil if you haven't seen it. It's but, a footloose. No, oh. but it's well worth seeing. The thing I was saying... Is after, it dirty dancing? No, I'm, I, can, I can tell you. Do you want me to tell you? Or do you want to just keep guessing until you annoy me? I'd love to keep guessing. Right, just keep guessing then. <laughs> Is it Roadhouse? No. <laughs> Come on. This? this is going to be the boringest podcast ever. <laughs> it's going to be a terrible podcast. Is it X-Men? No. Is it... It's not a classic. No, it's not at all. Is it Casablanca? No, it's The Shining. Oh, right, okay. Well, it's a very good sequence. And The Shining sequence is worth the price of admission alone. Is it um, The Iron Giant? No, it's Shining, I've just said. Stop it. How much are tickets back to Italy? <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed that very much. So, so good is it that I would actually love to see, not a sequel. Now, this is weird, but I would love to see the sa- exact same movie again, but this time with different references. Oh, well, no, what kind of reference would you put well, in? Well, let's say, for example... It's in the trailer and it's in all the promotional material. So in the final battle, um, uh, the villain becomes uh, Mecha Godzilla. Nice. And one of the heroes jumps, is delivered to save the day on on a Serenity spaceship. And he jumps off the Serenity and transforms into a Gundam. Okay. And I would love to see, let's say, instead of Mecha Godzilla, he becomes Clover from Cloverfield. And then the Millennium Falcon arrives and the hero jumps off and becomes Optimus Prime. Oh, so you'd reshape it big time. <laughs> no, but it would be exactly the same film, just well, with different references. With different references. Okay, so you'd like to see what they do. Yeah. Okay, it's like, expanding the canon. It's, it's fun. It's a, it's a good, fun film. And, you know, there is a kind of nostalgia poison aspect of it where you're going, yeah. this is just going to be nostalgia. But it's actually a surprisingly okay. good little film. Ready Player One. Yep. All right.
Um, ben. Yes. In in great news, mm-hmm. um, I've got you a present, oh. and I haven't told you until you came into the room. Ah, you got me. Would you like to see it? Yeah, go on. It's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> April Fools, oh. Ben. Well, I, well, I, I have a bit of news for you, Michael. Oh, I'm, what's um, I'm leaving the podcast. <gasps> um, I'm going to start my own podcast. What's it going to be called? <laughs> um, it's going to be called Ben Inc. Um, right. And I'm simply going to be looking at the the paper quality and ink quality that goes into European comics versus American comics. Oh, very good. And that's going to be the podcast. That will get a lot of likes. Um, yeah, I'm going to be looking into to micron levels in terms of page, weight and width, uh, thickness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to be taking a look at opacity levels wow. in inking. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, I've, I've already had several interested parties Um Joe Rogan has has been in touch. <laughs> Joe Rogan, <laughs> and he says he really likes what I'm doing with 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 materials, it's... and he just thinks that I don't need this this man. Ah, I'm only joking. It's an April Fool. Very good. It's also, an April Fool. Also, you've almost deafened me. Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> that's sorry. all right. Uh, Michael is in charge of sound quality today. I have headphones. I have the headphones <laughs> on, and you've just deafened me. Um, ben, may I suggest that uh, your your new venture uh, as a name for your podcast? I'm not that fond of Ben Inc. How about Just One Wanker? <laughs> That'd be a good name, wouldn't it? I have one dedicated uh, Twitter follower um, who would hound me to the ends of the earth. Our very own podcast wanker here at the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just One Wanker. <laughs> so, Ben, why are we playing such elaborate ruses on each other? Mm. Because today, Michael, yes. is the 1st of April 2018. Yes. Commonly known as April Fool's. Or April Fish Day in Italy. April Fish Day. But you're not there anymore. I'm not there anymore. Or France. Or France. Could be. Could be that in France. I, I, I couldn't tell you. As you know, I, I I make it a a point of pride to disregard cultures when I go to visit other countries. Yes. I find monuments and I I defecate on them and I I go to restaurants and I say this is terrible. Bring me a hamburger. Um and you know it's the usual kind of thing. You know yourself. Ben, talk about. So talk about the topic. Yeah, so I thought today, <laughs> seeing as it was the Day of Fools, yes. um, I thought we'd take a look at people who, who make other characters look like fools. Um, so today, we're going to look at the deceivers, um, the con men, the, the chancers, the charmers, uh, and overall tricksters that you can find in popular culture. Very good. And where that all comes from. So that's going to be our, our topic for the day, Michael. Um, that's what we're going to take a look at. And uh, I, need a, I need a segue, so if you could just give me one there, that would be... That'd be great. Oh, Need a segue. Uh, Ben, what what even is Tricksters? Uh, well, I, I, I went about the internet today, Michael, to, to, to find out just that. Mm-hmm. And, oh God, there's a lot of bollocks on the internet about trickster archetypes. Right, go on. Um, apparently, the New Age communities... Oh, uh, I don't, your, don't like them. Your the, crystal lovers. The no-shoe your, people. Your spirit animal fuckers. Um, <laughs> don't fuck a spirit animal. <laughs> they don't like that. Um... Your 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 astral projectors, you know this gang. Yeah, those they're, lads. They're a big believer in Jungian archetypes, but they kind of taken what they wanted from them. Oh, um, like um, like um, like friend of the podcast and not racist. What's his name? Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He loves an archetype. He loves an L archetype. Mm. Loves him. Um, there's a lot of wank going around archetypes, but right. anyway. The, the popular term trickster archetype came from Carl Jung. Carl Jung was... Did a, it? A, 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 technically. It, the first recorded case of it was in 1885 by a guy called 
Daniel, oh, am I get this wrong? I don't have this written down. Doesn't matter, Daniel, Daniel some such. Grinton, I think, was the first man to use it to kind of define. Was probably Loki. That type. Yeah, you find them in mythology. More no, than I'm that. saying that that Daniel guy was probably oh, Loki. Yeah, in disguise. Mm-hmm. And he just wanted to get his name out there. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's entirely possible. Um, and then Carl Jung came up with his, his different personality archetypes to define, you know, the darkness inside certain people or, or why people act the way they do. He's a classic kind of, uh, classic kind of, it's a marker that we use in our job. Um, he was a classic kind of categoriser, classic Jungian thing. And um, what he did was he talked about the trickster archetype as in it's a fundamental characteristic of all human beings. Every single person that you know and I know has a, has a trickster inside us. No. no. <laughs> ben. Not like that. Ben, do you have a bit of a trickster inside you? Only when I'm drunk. Um, but yeah. Um, and basically it's defined by a couple of things. Uh, usually, mm-hmm. your trickster archetype within a story is neutral or independent. Right. You don't really pick sides. They're um, neither good nor evil. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, are they, are they the same thing? Was what you just said? No, I would say they kind of do their own thing. Independent is probably the better way of looking at them. Mm-hmm. They don't really pick sides unless they're made to pick a side. Right. Um, in which case, they'll go off and they'll cause absolute mayhem. Um, frequently, what that gets translated into in modern pop culture is they get bored very mm-hmm. easily and they go and mess stuff up. That's true. Crack. Yeah. So you're... Or that being a very Irish term, for the lols. For the lols, for the yep. banter. Um, all aboard the banter bus. Oh, no. um, yeah, bans, 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 Stop it, bans. stop it. Um, yeah, and um, so you have your Mr. Mixel Pitalix, for example, from Superman, the little imp from the fifth, fourth, fifth? Fifth. Fifth He's dimension. He's a prick though, isn't he? He's not a prick. I hate that character. Um, who just comes along and no, especially back in the Golden Age comics, it was, you know, oh, it makes Superman fat for a day. <laughs> and he uses his magic to turn Superman fat for a day, and Superman has to fight crime fat, which doesn't matter when you're an invulnerable Krypton god. Yeah. Um, you know what makes just, me fat, Ben? What? Fucking pies. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's pies. I love pies. I'm not that fat, though. You're not pretty good shape actually. He's in pretty good shape. Um, sorry, Mick likes pies apparently. So I do. If you or anyone you know would like to send a pie to the podcast? Yeah, please don't. Send it to Mick. Not very mailable. Uh, not a mailable dessert. Um, you were giving yeah. out about Mr. Mixlepitlick. Mr. No, that's just an example in in modern comic books, I suppose, of someone who gets bored easily and then goes and fucks shit up for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have they they generally step outside the society that they're part of, so they're outside characters. Well, Mr. Mitzipitlik is like outside of the dimensions. Exactly. He doesn't even belong to mm. our dimension. Mm-hmm. But I guess a better example of that would be Loki from Thor. He's Classic. an adopted son. He's not really from Asgard. Um, mm. So he's that outside character and he exists outside that society. Um, the other thing that defines them is they have a really, really strong hatred of convention mm-hmm. or rules yeah. or authority. They hate it. It's a big theme in Ready Player One. Oh, excellent. Wonderful. So that anarchic kind of spirit uh, tends to drive them. And very often you'll have a trickster character that's aligned with chaos. So they're mm-hmm. very chaotic and they like to mess stuff up. Um, this was all put down by him. I think the best way um, to define them, they have a lot of other characteristics. One of the things is they're very clever, but they're also very impulsive, which makes them quite foolish. Yeah. So they follow impulses on a whim. Mm-hmm. They do that. But they're also very flexible people. So gender swapping is a huge part 
of trickster archetype. They swap genders, they shapeshift, they mm-hmm. move around, and they're not constrained by the regular rules of society. Loki shagged his own adopted dad. He did. He absolutely did. Gave Bugs, birth to a horse. Bugs Bunny uh, frequently cross-dresses. Mm, very sexy. Um, yeah, it's a whole thing. I, I had a formative experience when he played Helga in the, the opera one with Elmer Fudd. That was, oh, that was very, that was very, very confusing for me. Um, that was very tough. But I think the nicest way to put this is, uh, there's a quote from Paul Radin. Paul Radin was a Victorian... Um, Psychoanalyst, and he compiled. Spell that for me. Native, sounds, sounds like a thunder god. Uh, P A U L O. I can spell Paul then. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. It turns out you love pies. I Jesus, I don't know. Raiden, R A D I N. Hmm. Raiden. Okay. Um, or Radden. I don't know, depending on which way you say it. But he was a psychoanalyst from mm-hmm. the Victorian period. But he was also an avid uh, cultural compiler and mythology. Um, Collector, oh, okay. uh, especially with regards to Native American mythology, and he had a particular interest in tricksters. Tricksters are very interesting because they don't. Every single culture on the planet has trickster characters. Does Ireland? Uh, Ireland has the wee folk. Oh, those little bastards! The, the little fellas, the leprechauns. Yeah, of course, the leprechauns and the changelings. Changelings are a trickster character. Mm. Um, they fit all those archetypes. But yes, we do. Um, some of the famous ones in mythology are Loki in Norse mythology. Yeah, there's a Nancy in African folklore, who we've covered before. Kitsune in Japanese uh, mythology. What, Eshu, does, what does he do? Sneak up and stick his fox. fingers. Ah. He's the fox. So he runs around. Oh, sorry, that's one of the big things to do with trickster archetypes. They're really big on animals. There mm. are set animals in every culture, generally found to be the raven, the rabbit, uh, the fox, and oh, there's another one. Coyote? Yes, coyote as well. Yeah, so they, it's those four generally mm. tend to be what tricks to transform into. They like fast animals that are, you know, very quick. Um, Eshu is an African, another African version, specifically Nigerian. Krishna is the trickster of Hindu religion. Um, he's a very flexible character. Uh, there's another character called Sachi in Brazilian folklore, um, and he's malevolent. He's a he's an he's evil a bad egg. He's a bad egg. And then Hermes in Greek mythology. Um, also, you can find them in all kinds of fairy tales. Is Hermes Mercury? Hermes is Mercury, depending on which way you you swap them around. Mm -hmm. Um, But each of those are outside characters. They're born in strange circumstances. um, They do strange things. um, And they usually do them of their own impulse or whim. That's that's kind of what they do. Paul Radin, sorry, I forgot to give you the quote from Paul Radin. He defines it probably best in what I was looking through. Uh, Trickster is at one and the same time creator and destroyer, giver and negator, he who dupes others and who is always duped himself. He knows neither good nor evil, yet he is responsible for both. He possesses no values, moral or social, is at the mercy of his passions and appetites, yet through his actions, all values come into being. Hmm. So the other big thing about these characters is they're big bringers of change. Um, One of the most famous examples of that, I suppose, is uh, Prometheus from Greek mythology. Not from the movie Prometheus. No, not from the movie Prometheus. My brother's favourite film. Your brother's favourite film. Sorry, Sorry to Leonard, brother. He is... Are you hitting the table? I'm just getting an occasional no, note on, on the mic. No, I think it's when I bounce in my chair. Don't I'm bounce, Ben. Stop bouncing. Sorry about that, listeners. I'll try and, and keep my enthusiasm to a minimum. But they, Prometheus uh, is the one who stole fire from the gods and gave it to human beings mm. and changed the whole hierarchy of that society. Which makes him either a good or neither a good nor a bad egg, like you've just said. Yes, because he also uh, fed his uh, Zeus' his own son. At one point, mm. so he's he's an odd one. 
His his actions aren't malevolent towards humans, but they're pretty bad. Is Prometheus a god? Uh, no, he's kind of a demigod. Okay. But again, that fits the outside status. They're usually not gods. They're very powerful beings that kind of just exist outside. And they're all over pop culture, Michael. Ah! Which is why we're talking about them. Do you have any favorite tricksters, Michael? Well, Ben, just think about it like this, Ben. I know we're not going to talk about um, Loki from the comic books because we've talked about him at depth. But let's talk about Loki from the comic books. Not Marvel Comics Loki. Oh. Because that's oh. that's been done. Um, but one of probably the most famous trickster characters ever, ever, is from the movie The Mask. Oh, you have The Mask, man. The Mask. You're talking about The Mask as well. Oh, and excellent. In The Mask, he gets his powers from Loki. He does. He does. Also... Do you remember Supernatural? I do! Supernatural. Uh, again, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but one of the the best characters in the early goings of Supernatural was Loki. Yeah, or later well, Retcon too. Retcon to be Gabriel, the which angel Gabriel, shame. which is bloody stupid. Big but shame. Uh, when he was Loki, he was great. And I was meaning to ask you why it is you think Loki specifically is such a popular trickster. Um... I think he has a huge canon within Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. So it's easy for someone who needs a creator or who needs a, a chaos god to go back and find interesting examples of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very, very powerful um, compared to a lot of tricksters. A lot of tricksters are like con men. You have to think of them as like low-level grifters. More like coyote. And from... they just get... Bu- Keep going. Am I stepping on your toes? No, you're doing wonderful work. From Pretty Deadly. Yeah, so there's a version of Coyote in that called Johnny Coyote. He's played by an Irishman for some reason. Um, it's probably the charmingness of us. No, oh, we're such roguish um, but he, squires. He is just minding his own business a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get involved. It's part of the neutral aspect of that archetype, I suppose, is that he doesn't get involved until he's directly either dragged into it or forced mm-hmm. into it. He's, he's pissed off. You could say a similar thing with Bugs Bunny. One of the really interesting things with... No, no, Bugs Bunny is <laughs> We're probably... sticking with this Bugs Bunny thing. No, no, no. But Bugs Bunny is probably one of the most relatable examples of this character or archetype mm-hmm. that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Bugs Bunny is not a malicious thing. Mm-hmm. He is never... And very importantly, if you look at the, the show Bible rules for Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. he always has to be provoked. Bugs Bunny never seeks out... Trouble. Trouble. He is always provoked. Either Elmer Fudd comes along and hunts him. Yeah. Or someone barges into his home. Yeah, or that or, Martian guy. Or the Martian guy what needs samples from Earth or something mm-hmm. like that. He never directly engages other people. And when he does, he does all the classic traits where he seems to be able to be very fluid mm-hmm. in every situation. And he uses his words a lot. Words are a big thing with tricksters. And dressing up like a sexy lady. And dressing up like a sexy lady. So I think um, in terms of Loki himself... He has that huge canon, and then mm-hmm. Mr. Stan Lee turned him into a famous antagonist in his uh, Thor series. How representative is Marvel Cinematic Universe Thor of of a tri- trickster? Though he's not really, he's is he? Not really at all. He's um, just a bit of a nuisance. He's a bit of a no. I mean, he's very powerful in the comics. He does a lot of hassle in the comics occasionally, mm-hmm. but in the the original Norse mythology, Thor is far far fonder of Loki. Then uh, and Loki's mischief is far more accepted mm. in most of the canon up until the end of his time where he causes Ragnarok. But it's more his children that cause Ragnarok than him. The you could say that about the MCU version. Like he's done a lot of bad stuff, and the gods on Asgard tend to see him as a bit of a character, a bit of a nuisance, yeah. rather than. Yeah, I think that's far more in the movie versions of late, mm-hmm. where. Um, where we kind of 
he has that redemptive arc. The comics didn't know what to do with him for a really long time because mm-hmm. he was such an angry character in his original. He hated Thor. He was just instant, like massively jealous of Thor, envious and just wanted to take everything from him. And it was such a bitter character. It was very hard to find something to do. And then, uh, much as Marvel is want to do, they turned him into a woman at one point. Oh, um, classic sexy lady. a young, like, metrosexual Loki. With the shorter horns. He ran for president. Uh, and then he became Child Loki mm. uh, for a very Child long Loki time. was actually quite good. Yes, it was a very interesting character. Mm. He's an awful f- bastard in every one, though. Yeah. He, he generally ends up being a bit of a prick. Um, but that gives him a lot more malice. Tricksters generally don't really They're hold grudges. Malicious. They don't hold grudges at all. They just let things go. Mm. And they understand that if they're... They really follow the rules of if I pull one over on you, ha ha. Mm-hmm. If you pull one over on me, fair enough. That's the game. And they kind of follow those rules as much as possible. The the gender swapping aspect is really interesting and you find a lot of it. Um, one of a, a really famous trickster that I find that doesn't get a lot of attention or a really good version of a trickster that doesn't get a lot of attention is from one of your favourite comics. Michael. Oh. I'm looking at it right here. Uh, Lock and Key. Oh. Um, I'm thinking of uh, Luke Dodge Caravaggio. He's But he's a real bad egg. He's a real bad egg, uh-huh. but he's very tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, he follows... He is such a deceiver. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of his arc in the thing is fascinating because it follows the mythological um, aspects. What tricksters often do, especially in terms of announcing stuff, is they don't, they never give away a lot when they speak. Mm-hmm. And they'll hold up a ruse for fun. Um, so in one fairy tale about Anansi, he's the spider god and the trickster god in a lot of African mythology. He pretends to be dead for about 20 years. He just sits in the grave. He's awake. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of his, his joke or his bit, he stays quiet for 20 years. Like when I pretended I had a present for you, but then it turned out I didn't. It was a ruse, Michael. Yes. And tricksters will often do that in service of a joke or a trick. It's really interesting to me. In the, in the first couple of issues of Lock and Key, um, Dodge Caravaggio is a woman. A sexy way. She's the girl in the well. Is that what, that, is that what she's called? I can't remember what they call her exactly. Hold on, let's just bloody open it up here and yeah, have a well look. We have it here. Um, but anyway, she meets Bodhi, who is the youngest child, and she kind of lulls him into her confidence. You know, I read this whole comic book series and never once thought his name was Bodhi. I thought it was Bode. Bode. No, it's Bodhi. Well, it is I Bodhi. Think. I know. Yeah. Someone makes a joke later. A rhyming joke about his name ah, okay and then I went oh right okay now it makes sense but she sets up a whole thing in the first couple of issues where she says I can't leave the well mm-hmm. and Bode be- Bodhi <laughs> gotcha coming. what a trickster Bodhi believes her mm-hmm. and then there's a big reveal later in the thing where it turns out she made up that limitation was there? So Bodhi thinks he's safe. She crawls out of the well. Oh, there she is crawling out of the well. Reveal. Yeah. Sneaky bastard. And she she gets him later in... Spoilers, by the way, but it's, a, it's a, an old comic now. I think we're past statute of limitations on, on spoilers. Intended it's also for quite famous. Suggested for mature readers. It's very dark as a comic, but it's a wonderful mm-hmm. comic. But massive gender swapper. Yeah. Um, she has a key, or she finds one of the keys of yeah. lock and key fame. Um, and uh, it allows her to swap genders mm-hmm. and she does it quite frequently throughout the comic I think he or she I'm not really sure what the right way of saying it is um, is a wonderful example of a very modern trickster because she's not a god she has a lot of power and she's a bit malevolent she's very malevolent she's a bit malevolent um, but it's a very interesting character very modern version of a trickster uses words all the time builds webs and 
is is very content to play the long game. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael is just noticing my hands here. My time in Italy has done no favours for my gesturing. And once again, he's turned into a small cat and has to watch my thing. But Flipping I think... large cat. <laughs> yeah, his bloody thing. Don't call me small. Don't care what you call me. Don't call me small. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, I think she's a wonderful example of a modern trickster mm. and how that archetype can be used without having to reference previous mythology do you have any more tricksters for Ben I do um, here's the thing right Star Wars mm. not many tricksters in Star Wars nope doesn't fit in with the nope the kind of black and white white the closest is the the bloody Benicio Del Toro in the new I haven't one. seen it but he's more just he's not very loyal um, on the other hand Star Trek Oh, I know you're going to play bloody, a down here as well. Bloody, bloody riddled with tricksters. Riddled with tricksters. Go on, give us a few there. Uh, well, the, the archetype, the first, the original, was called Trelane. Okay. The original series. Uh, and in the original series, the, the Enterprise discovered a planet and um, all of their readings said it's uninhabitable, but some of the crew get teleported down mysteriously and it's completely inhabitable. And the planet seems to be ruled by this guy who's obsessed with 18th and 19th century, 17th century Earth. Oh. And he is, to all intents and purposes, omnipotent. Oh. And he is uh, a trickster and he's playful and he's, wow. he's, he's, he's not malevolent. Good. But he wants people to play by, he wants people to play the scenarios that he's created for them. Um, as it turns out, uh, in the end, he turns out to be a child. He's a, it's an adult man playing the character, but he turns out to be a child of two even more powerful, powerful omnipotent, omnipotent god entities. And they come at the end and tell him off for kidnapping people oh, and making them play his games. Nice. Um, very good, though. And the I think the archetype then for Star Trek being full of almost omnipotent tricksters but the the really famous one is Q Q yeah played by oh I did have that written down somewhere but I can't John Delancey thank you the great John Delancey um, he appears in the very first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation oh and he he, he kidnaps well the first two parter and okay. he kidnaps Jean-Luc Picard and puts him on trial for the crimes of humanity oh, for, for humanity being a barbaric species and he does a lot of the dressing up and um, but the the thing about him is, he is unlike so many other characters. He is omnipotent, mm-hmm. and the characters in Star Trek aren't superheroes. They can't punch him or fight him. Yeah, because they don't do that. They, they they just physically can't. They're just normal people like you and not me, obviously, but, no, but other you're, people. You're, you're a special large. <laughs> you've come to this. Um, so Q is. Virtually omnipotent, mm-hmm. all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, sure. but he seems to want to, he seems to have a fondness, particularly for Captain Picard, um, but because he likes engaging Picard in moral games and yeah. battles of intelligence, so he's not a villain, No, no. but he's not a good guy either, and there's one episode in particular where he wants to become a, a member of the crew. To experience oh, it, okay. To experience what it's like, and they all reject him, obviously. And uh, he has a great line where Worf gives him some lip, and Q says, "Very good, Worf. Did you? Uh, how many books did you eat this week?" <laughs> very, very nice. But, anyway, 
that's another really interesting thing. Like that fits very much into that uh, trickster archetype, especially from a mythological point of view. They're obsessed with humans, mm-hmm. um, and they do not share the disdain that other gods have for humans. For example, again, we're coming back to Prometheus here, but Prometheus saw a lot of value in human beings and saw a lot of potential in them. That's why he gave them the fire. That's why he gave them the fire. Before that, they were crawling around in the mud and Mm -hmm. the gods used them as as kind of worship batteries, I suppose, more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And he just didn't believe that that was their their final use. But you'll find that Anansi would often help... abused women or you know he would settle debates and things for african farmers there's a, a famous story where he um helps settle a debate they're both debating over the color of a hat two farmers are debating over the color of a hat what color is that blue or gold it's kind of a similar thing to that except at the end of this one um and nancy builds a tale that reveals that both men are wrong and that is not the color of the hat at all um, and they have a limited understanding of what the colour of the hat is and he settles the debate and he takes the hat what colour is the bloody hat? Um, the hat ends up being like a very deep red colour but one suspected it was green the other suspected it was blue and it, it, look it follows the logic of most myths where you kind of have to suspend an awful lot of your disbelief or everyone's colourblind or everyone's colourblind but um, it turns out that one um, had the hat next to some trees and the green got in there. One had it next to water, but it turns out the hat came from the earth. Anyway, he keeps the hat and then Anansi wears that hat in, in following uh, legends as kind of a symbol of his intelligence. Does he wear it in American Gods? Yes. So there's, he's always sharp-dressed. Anansi is sharp. Now, the hat in the original myth is nothing like a modern hat. It's not like a pork pie hat. Or yeah, but it can change. It can change because tricksters are super flexible. That's their whole thing. So yeah, they, they pop up. Like this, obviously we have been looking almost exclusively at, at archetype inhabitors mm-hmm. but there are famous tricksters throughout comics non-stop I mean we have um, one that popped into my head when I was trying to think of other examples here is uh, Osmanides from Ozzy, Ozymandias Osmanides classic like, Ben classic can't ben pronounce that character uh, Osman, uh, no. Ozymandias Ozymandias thank you from Watchmen Watchmen exactly he's a huge massive orchestrator of but, a scheme Oh. But it's not evil, theoretically. I mean, no, it, is, I mean it is evil. But he's, I mean, it, he, he thinks it's good. He thinks it's good. He doesn't align himself with either. He thinks that he is doing everything in benefit for humanity. He lacks a lot of the qualities I would have associated with a trickster, like mischievousness. He has no room for mischief, but he is a deceiver. Mm. It depends. I think, oddly enough, the, the, very, the very mischievous, malicious trickster is a very new phenomenon. Mischievous and malicious. Mischievous and malicious. A, a good example would be from one of our favourite cartoons, Gravity Falls. Oh, Who is it? It's Bill Cipher. It's Bill Cipher. Bill Cipher is a great example of someone... He's just a triangle with an eye! Yeah, exactly. And he's a great example of someone who just turns up... That was pretty good. ...to <laughs> Bill Cipher. Your Bill Cipher trumps my Christmas oh, well, later. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was just off the cuff, Ben. Yeah, off was... the cuff. Bloody Bravo. excellent person. I don't know how loud I'm allowed to clap, but there's a no, small no, round of applause. Not much louder than that. Go on, sorry, what were you saying about Bill Cipher? Um, he... Bill Cipher's great, isn't he? He's a great character. Mm. Um, And he just turns up and ruins everything Mm. all the time. Um, And he has a very malicious goal. He wants utter chaos. Mm -hmm. He wants to release all his buddies onto our plane of existence. Mm, Weird again. Yeah, but that archetype hasn't changed. We've seen that archetype before and before, but this malicious, this kind of vile... Not vile, vile is a very strong word. Well, in children's cartoon terms, Bill is pretty vile. 
Yeah, he's, he's quite nasty. He's, yeah, he's quite nasty. Um, and that very evil, like, I think that probably started with Loki from Marvel Comics. This evil trickster. This, this specifically malevolent version of a trickster started to come in. Um, yeah, because Bill's quite scary because Bill's he very is, scary. Those last few episodes, man. He is almost again almost omnipotent, mm-hmm. but unlike Q, who's omnipotent but can be argued with, and he'll like, give you a chance, and isn't just flat out evil. Mm. Bill is just flat out evil. Yeah, and he just wants to wreck everyone's day. Yeah. So are there any others like that? There, uh, there are a couple of examples as you go along. Beetlejuice. Mm. was an interesting one that's that one I, don't say it two more times that, else we're yes, in trouble. or else we'll have him in the, the thing so um, for those of you that don't Shake know your body in time yeah oh, Signora. No, I believe you <laughs> yeah uh, anyway um, Tim Burton back before he cashed everything in and did everything with CGI and mm-hmm. um, gave Johnny Depp his career um, he uh, did a little movie called Beetlejuice with Gina Davis two. don't say it again Alec Baldwin Michael Keaton and the wonderful Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder is um, in this case. Winona Ryder plays a little goth girl. How Tim Burton. Um, and her parents are terrible people. I forgot about Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. I there said we go. Oh, no. I, we're very close. Anyway, what Michael is avoiding is if you say his name three times, he appears. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are beholden to him. You let him into our realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big thing. Um, a lot of them can be invoked. It's something you don't want to do. Bill Cipher has to be invoked. Mm. He has to be given a way in. Um, and in that way, they kind of align themselves far more with the horror genre of things, um, where demons are involved and that kind of trickster element of things. Demons aren't tricksters, they're deceivers. So you have this separation between what a serious trickster is, you have a deceiver, and you have a trickster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you see that split a lot more in, in pop culture. The more harm that this archetype seeks to do, the more they have to be invoked or given uh, an entryway into the thing. Because otherwise, let's say if Q from Star Trek was just flat out evil, show's over. Yeah, show's over. He'd just come and annihilate everything. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. The more malice or harm they intend to do, the more you have to give them that opportunity. It's like in vampires, you have to invite them in, or demons, you have to invoke their name in a ritual, or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. And it's really, really interesting. But... To your opinion... Be, yes, it's my opinion. Uh, Michael Keaton's character in Tim Burton's film... Very good. <laughs> very good. Uh, ...is a great example of someone that seems very animated and benevolent, mm-hmm. because he's kind of silly. Yeah, he's a funny. he's got a funny haircut. But underneath that, there's a whole subplot where he's planning on ruining and taking a young girl's soul. Like, he's... Like there's a whole... <laughs> you looked at me like you are going to say virginity. No. No, I didn't. <laughs> don't know what thoughts. I don't know what you saw there. But it's really interesting where you have this playful exterior masking an awful lot of kind of evil or um, or lack of benevolence, also known as malice. Um, But yeah, it makes for a really interesting... I think they make fascinating characters. There's another horror film where you can invoke an all-powerful evil thing. Is it from the 90s? I I can't remember. Candyman? No, because he just kills you with a hook. Yeah. He doesn't. True. He doesn't trick you or anything. True, there's no trick. Um, did you ever play the video game Twisted Metal? This is completely off the top of my head. Is that the weird car racing? Yeah, game? yeah, car fighting game. Yeah. And the bad guy at the end of that, he's a wish granting character. Oh. But he's a he's one of those twist your wishes around and uh, make you regret it sort of eggs. Um, do they count? 
one of your one of your pinheads your oh, your five barkerdoms yeah well no a little bit yeah you see it depends this is the thing the archetype itself i think largely due to to popular culture is becoming far more evil Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not that generally tricksters are kind of liberators of humanity or bringers of change and the change is neither good nor bad they simply exist to change whatever system is in place mm. so Prometheus gives the fire Loki tends to cause Loki is the reason that Mjolnir exists Mjolnir yeah I'm not sure how to say it perfectly but he's the reason Mjolnir exists and he's the reason that Thor became such a giant slayer did I say it wrong? no it just doesn't exist anymore oh no yeah okay if you read the latest <laughs> Well, not the movie. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Well, this, it's also followed in the comics mm-hmm. at this point. Spo- major spoilers there, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. But it's, it's, it's interesting. And now, depending on which genre you, you take, horror obviously prefers a more, much more malevolent version of a trickster. And I think you could split those two from trickster to deceiver. Deceiver has malice. Mm-hmm. They, they're not playful in the same way. They exist to teach humans that they're flawed. I think mm. more than anything else. Whereas tricksters, the more benevolent, playful version, seek to kind of help humanity progress. Mm. Not actively, not actively necessarily, but they do. They tend to like how Q sent the Enterprise into the Delta Quadrant to meet the Borg for the first time because he was sick of Jean Luc Picard's naivete about space exploration and and uh, and politics. There you go. He was like, well, if you think everything is going to be solved with negotiating and cups of tea, well then, what about these lads? The Borg. Exactly. One of the best ever episodes of Star Trek. There you go. Brought to you you by a trickster. Q-Who. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Mm. Give it a watch. Brought to you by a trickster. Mm. Interesting. And funnily enough, I doubt he interacts with the Borg very often. No, never. Because he likes the game. That's the thing. There's no game with the Borg. He's playful. Borgs don't know how to play games. No, you can't trick a Borg. Can't trick a Borg. Won't even notice. Can't trick. Name of the episode. Can't trick a Borg. That's a good episode. Can't trick a Borg. But yeah, I I really like trickster characters. I have a lot of time for them. I think they've become. I think genuinely more interesting characters. You can have your Superman, your protector characters, your 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 Batman. Batman in many ways can be seen as a deceiver, but too much on the side of benevolence to be any fun. Batman. Batman, yeah. He's a planner and a schemer. He's like Ozymandias. There you go. There we go. Um, but with rules, which makes him not really a deceiver. See, this is the thing. Lots of people, when they think of tricksters, they think of someone like the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I did a bit of research on the internet, and the research on the internet was very frustrating for me, because anytime I typed in tricksters in comics, you get someone like the Joker. Or the trickster. Or the trickster, which is just lazy writing. Mark Hamill, though. Mark, oh, I got a little bit of Mark Hamill. Um, the Joker is nothing but malevolence. Mm-hmm. There was never a playful element to the Joker. And people always say, oh, but back in the day. No. Joker's original appearance in Batman number one has him as a vicious murderer. Yeah, he's a real bad eh? He's a real bad He just goes around killing people. And he doesn't actually scheme that much. He's very intelligent. He's very smart. But there's not a lot of scheming. Not a lot of scheming going on. Not his whole thing. Then you have the Riddler, but again, they're kind of conformed by rules. Yeah. So you you have to have this person who can break the rules easily. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm looking around the room, just at other pop culture um, properties, and I'm trying to see is there any 
any tricksters. I can't think of one in Invincible. Well, I mean, you have... Yeah, you can't really. There's nothing that interjects itself into the... You have chaotic elements, but they're not tricksters. What I'm trying to say here is, like, not everything that lies is a trickster. Not mm-hmm. everything that brings chaos is a trickster. The trickster archetype itself is a very specific type mm. of character. And not everything that's omnip- omnipotent is a trickster. Is a trickster. No. Like Beyonder, for example. Yeah, he has he's no interest a, in playing. He's just a dope. I think what makes a trickster such an interesting archetype is that playful nature, that willingness to give humanity a chance, but also that willingness to, to see the humour in certain aspects. Mm. It certainly marks them out. This is why they're rarely gods. Gods don't really have a sense of humour because they don't have to have one. Whereas tricksters see humour in most things. Um, Interestingly, I know I keep going back to Q, but Q okay. was one of the only Qs with a sense of humour. Ah, okay, so he's an outsider from his society. Yeah, all the rest of them are real Swish. boring eggs. There you go. But there often are... That's the most interesting thing about them, and I think the thing that makes them most human. They're often quite flawed within their perfect societies. Mm. They, it's not that they're unhappy, but they see things differently. Mm. And they refuse to be part of easy societies. I don't think there are any in Transformers. Oh, okay. That's... Mm, it would be difficult. But for example, I wouldn't say that your, your first example from Star Trek is a trickster. Because I think it's a child. I think children have an... Inte- like, he's not outside the norms of what a child would be. It's a sense of... Did you know, by the way, that the Justice League animated series, if I'm getting you correctly, completely stole a plotline from Star Trek... Did you ever see the one where they find themselves in a weird alternate version and they meet like justice society versions of themselves? Yeah. Pretty twisted society. It turns out all to be a, a dream of a young man. Young fella. A superpowered young fella. Almost omnipotent children though is a kind of recurring trope. I'd yeah. like to figure out if Star Trek did it first. Love a trope. Love a trope. Oh, omnipotent children. No, we've already kind of done that. We've done terrible children. Yeah, but that's 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 my two cents on, on the old tricksters. Do you have any more? Not that, not that, hold on, let me check my notebook. I don't think so. Oh, check the notebook. Check out the old notebook. Uh, no, uh, no, I think we covered them all. All right, fantastic. Uh, the, the one thing I didn't say was, did you, did you ever read the Mask comic? Oh, it's bloody nuts, isn't it? Oh, it's mental. It's uncomfortably nuts, though. Yeah, it's mental. It's, so, for those of you who haven't seen, uh, for those of you who haven't seen the 90s Jim Carrey movie, go, go give it a watch. Yeah, it's, it's a good film. It's a great film. Yeah. Great film. Half my childhood in that first, film. First debut of Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, who went on to star in many of men's dreams. Um, but yeah, she's she's great in that. He's great in that. It's mm-hmm. Jim Carrey at the height of his Jim Carreyness, obviously. Yeah. Um, Tex Avery cartoons get a, a feature. You know, it's very animated and it's super playful. Don't, if you enjoy the movie, go and read the comic. No, the comic's a horror. The comic's a horror comic. Yeah. Where... A normal person is possessed by what can only be, I guess, like a serial killer entity. Is well, it's Loki. It's Loki, but well, it's created by Loki. It's Loki with a bloody hard on for murder. Chip on his shoulders, and I have no a jade mask in a the jade, yeah. comic, but a it's a wooden mask in the movie. And what he does is he just anyone who's possessed by that goes around murdering everything. Yeah, and but he, spoilers for a thirty-year-old comic, he gets the shit murdered out of him as well. Yeah, it changes. Characters a bunch of time. Stanley Ipkiss, the the hero the of Everyman. The Everyman dies in the comic. He's he gets, murdered rather gruesomely. Yeah, he gets shot in the back. Yeah. Uh, and then the detective, Calloway, from the Mask film. Yeah. Um 
takes over the mantle and becomes a vigilante and tries to steer the mask's power for good but is eventually eroded by the chaotic nature of the mask and goes a big old killing spree. Yeah, kills all the cops. Kills all the cops. It's then taken over by a woman yeah. who does the same thing. It's then taken over by a little girl who yeah. does the same thing in different volumes. Obviously, as time went by, the quality of that character went downhill, 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 downhill. Gets taken um, over by Lobo. Gets taken over by Lobo. Gets the shit kicked out of him by Lobo, I think, doesn't he? But it, then it turns out to be Lobo. Oh, okay. Is that the whole thing? Yeah, it's time travel and everything. Oh, it's no good. Didn't read. Yeah, sounds like a bad let's, uh, let's leave it on that low note. Yeah, so don't, <laughs> don't do the math topic. Um, if you can think of any trickster archetypes or deceiver archetypes, I'll take either. Um, let us know down below. Yeah, if you're a Transformers person and you can think of a Transformers think of example. There. Um, also, on a, on a personal note, I'd like to thank um, a couple of the people that left us comments on our last um, on our last little yeah. thing. Uh, it was really helpful. We had a couple of people give us some recommendations for um, new comics yeah. um, to read from the European oh, style some, of comic. I've got some names here and some We've recommendations. Some names there. Here. On, uh, we have yeah, YouTuber Killer Tofu. Killer Tofu, great. Which name. is now that I've read it out loud, makes much more sense. Uh, and he recommended some great comics. Um, and we also had other YouTube people, Vol Sticks. He he recommended six hundred and seventy six apparitions. Oh, which, which we really appreciate because yeah. um, we'll, we'll go off and we'll read those in our own time. No? Yes, Ben. I actually popped into this is not sponsored content, by the way. I popped into the Big Ban Comics in is that Dublin, Dundrum? in Dundrum Shopping Centre. They have a wonderful selection of European comics. <laughs> so if you're a Dublin person and you want to go and and browse in an almost library-like environment of European oh, comics, it's nice. delicious. They have all of Metabarons, which I recommended oh, last you're a week. Huge fan. Big fan of that. They have lots of Mobius stuff and uh, Incal. Incal. They have books and books and books of uh, classic uh, 2000 AD runs. It's excellent. Very uh, nice. I read a very good one this week from a French guy uh, called Pachyderm, and we'll talk about that another time. On that's a uh, that's a camel. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, not in this though. It's also a type of elephant, no? You can call that an elephant. An elephant pachyderm. Uh, maybe an elephant is a pachyderm. Maybe a camel isn't. I could be wrong there. Anyway, no, I, I think, think I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong. I think, think, I'm wrong. I think my is it not? Anyway, doesn't matter. We'll tell you next week. Yeah. Hang in there. We'll give you a new definition. Let us know if you like any tricksters. Bye. Bye.